0: Everyone and welcome to Minute 23 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me once again today on this lovely Wednesday morning is J-Dub of Dubsism. Welcome back to the show, J-Dub. And thanks for having me back, Rob. Hopefully we'll we'll have some more interesting stories to talk about today that, that won't be as gross as some of the ones we discussed yesterday, but you never know. <laughs> You never know where things are going to lead. (laughs) So, this minute, minute 23, begins with Dell cracking his knuckles and ends with Neil throwing the covers off and jumping up from the bed. So, as we see, things are are, are, there's a slow burn here. We see Neil's face the entire time by all the things that Dell is doing that are annoying him. And we get to see Dell doing them all in the background. So yesterday we ended by Dell cracking his knuckles, and this time he actually cracks his head, which <laughs> they actually show for seven whole seconds. We get to see him cracking his head, which is completely absurd. <laughs> That's a you long. Your
1: neck we of course I did.
0: No, of course I did, but not, not, not. It's just funny that they're showing us seven seconds of him. Cracking his head. Cracking That's cracking like his he neck. a
1: four-hour script. <laughs> That's true also. Awesome. That's true. Now, what, what do you know about neck cracking? Uh, old football player, every joint in my body is somehow destroyed. I crack things all the time, and sometimes I don't even mean to. I've cracked my neck yawning. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: obviously, neck cracking is something that is commonly used by chiropractors. Okay, it's, it's official name is cervical spine manipulation. Okay, some chiropractors believe that it is not high risk and that the rate of injury caused by it is very low. But there are risks and side effects associated with it. So some chiropractors actually believe that these risks outweigh the possible benefits of neck cracking. So, okay, I found four risks. Do you have any any guess as to what risks you this might cause by uh, cracking your
1: neck? Well, the first is kind of a question. That is, uh, when I just said that I, whenever I've, I've cracked my own neck yawning, so by your terminology, I'm actually manipulating myself. So risks of cervical manipulation, like, is it possible to break your own neck? No.
0: So, all right, I'll, I'll just tell you what they are. All right. The first one is, is okay. the risk of a stroke. Okay. It says, although the cases are rare, neck cracking can tear the vertebral artery which supplies blood to the brain, this terror can cause a stroke. Individuals who have a habit of neck cracking are more prone to having a stroke. This is particularly common to those people under the age of 60. Okay. Sorry to get you scared there.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to be under 60 for that much longer, so I'll take my chances. All right.
0: <laughs> the second uh, problem could be blood clotting. Neck cracking has caused some cases of blood clotting in the neck. This is very dangerous because it can stop the oxygen oxygen supply to the brain. The third problem is osteoarthritis. Cracking the neck puts pressure on the joints. When this is done a lot, it can lead to instability in the neck and in turn to osteoarthritis, a condition where the tissue at the end of the bones becomes weaker. Osteoarthritis is a painful and irreversible condition. And the fourth problem that one could have with this is lack of mobility. Each time your neck is cracked, it can cause damage to the connective tissue in the spine. Over time, this can reduce mobility and may actually lead to arthritis. So that's what I found from it. Uh, It's not going to stop any of us from cracking our necks, but, you know, Dell did it, so he's doing a nice job. And and once again, he continues moaning and grunting and sighing as he's doing all these things.
1: So now that I, you know, I mentioned that every time, you know, there are times that I yawn and my neck cracks, so now... Thanks to you, all I can think of is every time I yawn, I'm just rolling the dice.
0: <laughs> well, that's yeah. the way it is. Every everything we do in life uh, is rolling the don't dice.
1: Have a stroke! Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> neck immobility. Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Sorry for putting that one in your in your mind.
1: Well, you know, caring is caring. Yeah, and then we get a shot once again of
0: Susan back in bed, back in her comfortable house with a very large bed with lots of pillows waiting for her husband to come home. And we see that she's once again, still listening to the TV. Now, first of
1: all, what time is it? This must be really in the middle of the night, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, also depending on if they're in Missouri, Kansas, we kind of never really established that. But to me, you know, like if, are they far enough away? Like, you no, know, I know that she's in Chicago, but is it she one of those Chicago suburbs that's actually in, you know, Indiana? So it's on a different time zone or, you know, I don't know. I'm...
0: No, but even if it's on the same time zone, I mean, this is this is the, clearly the middle of the night. But she's she's listening to, to the TV and the TV. We hear the, the reporter say traffic is resuming at O'Hare Field because as earlier we saw, O'Hare Airport was actually closed. So if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, they're telling people that traffic is resuming at O'Harefield and the flights will be moving out of there very shortly at 2 o'clock in the
1: morning? Um, I don't know. Well, not to get overly overly nerdy here about, about uh, air travel, but a lot of airlines in this country now and at that time operate off what's called the hub-and-spoke system. So a lot of times they have to get airplanes from one airport, In the middle of the night, you know, like your flight lands at O'Hare at 11 o'clock at night. But then your flight goes to another place where it gets maintenance, refueled, whatever. And then you uh, board that flight or in another city, somebody else boards that flight at eight in the morning. Right.
0: That's true. Right.
1: But would would the the
0: reporter be talking about empty planes or are they talking about full planes? I mean, everyone is stranded in O'Hare. They couldn't get out. So, you know, they are getting out let's say at two o'clock in the morning. So it is possible that instead of canceling those flights, they were waiting for the the, the weather to clear up a bit. Now there, there's a theory, you know, back back when you go to the beginning of this movie where Neil is talking with his friend John Dole, played by uh Ferris Bueller's father, right? So mm-hmm. there, there is a theory that if he would have waited and taken the eight o'clock flight with John, he would have gotten home. But this this scene actually proves that theory impossible, because this is not early enough that that John would have been able to to land. You know he would have if he would have taken off from from New York, he wouldn't have landed in Chicago. He might not have made it all the way to Wichita, but you know he'd have to wait until the following day to to get a flight that would actually get him into Chicago. So, I mean you're you're from you're from Indiana if I remember correctly, right? I live in
1: Indiana.
0: Yeah, you, you live in Indiana. All right. So, what what do you know about O'Hare Airport?
1: Okay. Well, if you want your off the beaten track story a smidge early, here it comes. Uh, back in the day. No, no, no. Cause... Let's hold that up. Let's hold that up. We'll keep let's, it. will keep up, it at again. the end. We'll keep it. Little... Because that's that's okay. So, what I know about O'Hare Airport. Um, long story short, O'Hare Airport is actually one of Dante's concentric rings of hell. Okay. All right. That that that's a an interesting. Uh, point,
0: and i I'm sure that you're gonna explain that you're gonna explain uh, that a little I'm bit later. Actually
1: I'm actually making an in podcast note right here because O'Hare Airport, I actually was not even gonna bring that up in oh, my wow. off speed and track stories, but since you you brought that up, I mean you already got uh, I mean you already got the toenail story. So All right.
0: that's So, true. Yeah. so <laughs> O'Hare International Airport opened in February nineteen forty four. It was used as a an airbase before that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, it's original name was the orchard field. And then it was changed to o- O'Hare field because it was built in an orchard. That that's, the, that's the, the land or- or- that they,
1: why it's international airport designation is O R D.
0: That is correct. I was, I was going to get there. So thank you for, for mentioning that beforehand. There are currently, they have 228 destinations that, that go out of O'Hare on a daily basis in North America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, and Oceania, okay? It was originally designed as a successor for Midway Airport, and it is now nicknamed the busiest square mile in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, it was the world's busiest airport from 1963 to 1998, and today it is the sixth busiest airport, serving 83 million passengers in... 2018. Okay. In 2019, there were 900 and almost 920,000 aircraft movements averaging 2,500 a day. The most Mm -hmm. of any airport in this part of the world because of the large number of regional flights that they have there. Okay. It is serves as the hub for both United Airlines and American Airlines and it is the focus city for Frontier Airlines and Spirit Airlines. Now, one thing I never thought of I've heard of, I mean, I've known of O'Hare Airport for many, many years. I never thought who it's named after. Do you know who O'Hare was? Uh, have
1: you ever been at O'Hare Airport? Yes. Okay. They, but I haven't are, been in,
0: in years. It's been. Okay.
1: Years. In one of the concourses, there is a statue of an old. Um, Grumman F four F fighter aircraft from World War II. In terminal O'Hare, two, that's in terminal two. It's in terminal two. Okay. Yes. Well, if you if there's there's a plaque on it, um, the pilot of that aircraft was a uh, was a military aviator in World War II named O'Hare. Yes. He was Ed, Edward Edward Henry O'Hare. Edward Henry O'Hare. Correct.
0: Yes. Very good. And so, yeah. he 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 was actually the first American naval aviator. Okay. To become a he was he was the Navy's first fighter ace in World War Two. Cause on on a mission on February twentieth, nineteen forty-two, he shot down nine heavy bombers approaching his aircraft carrier. Okay, even though he had limited amount of ammunition, he was credited with shooting down five enemy bombers and became the first naval aviator recipient of the Medal of Honor during World War Two. Okay. Okay, a year and a half later, on November 26, 1943, when he was leading the U.S. Navy's first ever nighttime fighter attack that was launched from an aircraft carrier, he had an encounter with uh, Japanese torpedo bombers and his plane was was shot down, and his aircraft was actually never found. Okay, in 1945, the U.S. Navy destroyer USS O'Hare was named in his honor. And in 1949, the Chicago area Orchard Depot Airport, ODA, right? Oh, no, so it's their, their designation is O-R, uh, ORC, right? ORD. ORD, O-R-D right. Because oh, Orchard Depot. Okay. Yep. So they renamed it six, six years after he died, they renamed uh, the airport for him. And as you mentioned, in Terminal 2, there is a plaque and memorial for him. Now, Do you know who his father was? Uh, Mr. O'Hare? Yes. So Mr. O'Hare, Edward (laughs) Joseph O'Hare, was known as Easy Eddie. He was a lawyer in St. Louis and later in Chicago where he was working for Al Capone and later helped federal prosecutors convict Capone of tax evasion. Okay. In 1939, a week before Capone, Capone was released from Alcatraz, O'Hare was shot to death while driving. So I found it very interesting.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to know about O'Hare's. <laughs> 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 All right.
1: <laughs> Who would have thought so then, the guy that you, know, that, you know, was involved with Al Capone would end up being shot to death? Yeah, that, that's,
0: and that his son, and, and again, this happened four years before his son was was killed in action. So, yeah. So we, we get to see Susan continuing to sleep in bed and then we jump back to the motel and we see Dell trying to clear his sinuses
1: and making very, very making a lot of noise by doing it. OK, now this part, this part has recent sensitivity for me. Um, I, I know originally we had had another time. Where we were going to do this podcast recording, and I had to bail out on you because I had a sinus infection. So postpone,
0: spent, postpone, postpone,
1: postpone. I I spent two days making that exact Dell Griffith noise. It's not fun. Trust me. <laughs> okay, can you think of reasons why people will clear their throats? Uh, breathing. That's that's a good one. That's what was my issue.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm just going to list them. I'm not going to go into too much detail about them. But so, what I found is there are nine general causes that people will clear their throats in the middle of the night. One is reflux, okay, where you, you have things coming back up, post nasal drainage, which I believe is what you were dealing with with your sinus infection. Right? Whatever you say, Dr. Rob. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely not a doctor, trust me. And I don't even play one on TV. Uh, Zinkers. Diverticulum, it's where the esophagus has an abnormal pouch that prevents food from traveling to the stomach. And sure. food and mu- mucus gets stuck in the throat, okay? Chronic motor tick disorder. So it's where people have different ticks and they they, they need to do that. Uh, Tourette syndrome, I never thought about that. I mean, I know what Tourette's is, Tourette's is. I never thought that that people would actually need to all the time – you know, clear their throats because of it. Not something that, that I would have thought of. Uh, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder with streptococcus, which is known as PANDAS. Uh, it's it's similar. It's something that that kids get after strep and scarlet fever in children, and they constantly have to clear their throats. Then we have food allergies. Um, some people will get a tickling in their throat based on the food allergy that they have. They would would a sponge allergy do that? Uh, maybe. It's, <laughs> I, it, it depends on how much sponge Dell is actually eating. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to make the John Candy fat joke. I'm not going to do it.
0: Okay. Um, a side effect of, of medication, which I actually once had a, a, a there, there was a medication that I took, I think maybe it was like 15 years ago or something like that. I don't remember what it was for. And I remember that I was constantly having to clear my throat. Uh, especially at night, which was a problem. And the ninth reason is habit. (laughs) This one I'm actually going to read what it says. In some cases, there may be no underlying condition causing the throat clearing. Instead, it may be a habit or something you subconsciously do when you're anxious or stressed. The following techniques may help you to stop the habit. Drink more fluids, monitor your throat clearing, or ask someone to help you monitor it, or find an alternative activity such as swallowing or tapping your fingers. So... (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty interesting, so he just spends a lot of time trying to clear his throat, trying to clear his 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 nose with the whole thing, and again, we get to see how annoyed Neil is getting by all of this, and I mean there's one point where where he looks like where dell is is putting his his lips in a certain position where it looks like he I, it reminds me of, like, a bear. When you see a bear on, on, in a movie, you know, giving out a big roar and you see his, his uh-huh. like, lips flap and stuff like that. So that, that reminded me of that. And and we see this all from, once again, Neil's perspective or behind. We see Neil and and we see Dell in the background. And then Neil just puts his hands on his eyes and just sighs in relief. So not even in relief. He's just sighing. Basically he's saying to himself, when is this gonna be over? And he tries to get a little more sleep, and then Dell just continues, and he just completely makes a lot of noise the whole time. And, and
1: he, see my he, thought here and he keeps apologizing thought, too. Well, yes, because he's politely annoying, like I discussed yeah. earlier. My thought here is out of the nine reasons, Dell is clearly a habit throat clearer because. Like you said, with the bear analogy, he's got a technique for this. There's, there's, there's an approach. There's, he he has way too much practice doing this to have just be doing it because he has a pouch in his throat or whatever else. One of those reasons were, he does this on purpose.
0: Completely. There's no question about that. And Neil just gets so upset that you see him throw back the covers and he starts to get up. And that's how this minute actually
1: ends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have anything else for this minute before we get to the script? Well, the minute that he throws back the blanket is what I like to call the John Hughes slow burn, which is from, you know, the vacation (laughs) movies. Because Neil and Clark Griswold got a couple of things in common here. If you notice, Neil is just taking it and he's taking it and he's taking it. And finally, when he throws back the blanket, you know this is about to get real because you know when he throws back the blanket, he's going to hop out of bed and we're going to finally have the showdown. Which, when you go back to the vacation movies, it's, you know, Clark Griswold takes it, takes it, takes it. And then we have the great profanity filled tirade when he snaps. Yeah. And so if you watch this movie like we did minute by minute and you cut it off when he throws about the blanket, you're both sitting there going, oh, I bet this is when the tirade's coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, but people have to wait till tomorrow to, to see where that goes.
1: That's absolutely right. right. So tune in tomorrow. <laughs> well, we're not, not yet, yet. we're not done yet. we not done yet.
0: So then we, we, first of all, we have the, a few slight discrepancies in the script. The script is actually, it's a little bit out of order at this point. So they have a conversation. It says Neil turns off the light. He settles back into bed. There's another long pause. Dale clears his throat, loud and graphic. And then he repeats it. And Neil says to him, What what are you doing? Clearing my pipes. Why? I'm doing it for you. Don't bother. You, you like loud snoring? No. <laughs> then let me clear my pipes. Dell snorts a couple more times. The room falls silent for another long beat. Neil? What? There's a long pause. I have to fart something fierce. <laughs> Dell continues by saying, Hey, I'm just being honest. For Christ's sakes. I could have just sneaked it in on you,
1: <laughs> and we're back to off gassing just like that.
0: There you go. See the apparently, I'm, I'm I'm glad they cut that out. I think it would have been just too much. The what 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 Dell does this minute is enough. You know the way that he is constantly upping the everything that's going on slightly. You know by the way that he's he's clearing his throat and clearing his nose and everything like that, just little by little. It just works really well. I I don't think they needed to go the extra step in passing gas. Excuse me. I think
1: it takes us down to a junior high level at some point. Correct. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love something sophomore, but it wouldn't have worked here. Yeah,
0: not at all. Not at all. All right. So on every Wednesday, my guest will give his or her top five uh, movies by John Hughes. So
1: we call today Hughes Hump Day. Hughes Hump Day. Okay, now, when I was looking looking around at this a little bit, I realized that, do you know, John Hughes only has eight movies that he directed? That is correct. Okay, so I had to go with a lot of movies that he either wrote or did the screenplay or... That is fine. Whatever. Um, so uh, again, uh, going from five to one. Uh, number five is one that's off the beaten path for most people, but uh, John Hughes wrote this, and it's a 1991 film called Dutch. Are you familiar with this one? Yes, of course I am. Okay, yeah, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, uh, of course. Bill Bundy fame, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and there's and there's a lot of planes, trains, and automobiles in that movie if you watch it. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of a road movie. You know, replace replace Neil and Dell with. You know, guy dating the kid's mom, and he goes to pick up the kid at boarding school, and the kid hates him, and hilarity ensues. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> number four is is this movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, number three is a 1989 movie that was written and directed by by John Hughes, and also features um, John Candy, and that would be Uncle Buck. How do you not love Uncle Buck? <laughs> You know, and I identify with Uncle Buck because he's a large frame gentleman and he's a gambler. So, you know, that just, that just, you know, hits home for me. Uh, Alluded to this movie, uh, to the number two movie on this list a little earlier. Uh, This is a movie that John uh, Hughes did the screenplay for. And that's uh, 1983's National Lamboon Vacation. Okay. And number one, and this might be where the age difference between you and I might, might, uh, might pose an issue, but my number one movie on this list is 1985's Breakfast Club. Why? Why would that cause any problems here? Well, because I think that movie makes absolutely no sense if you weren't in high school in 1985. I was. Uh, wait, you were? No,
0: I wasn't. I wasn't. I was in fifth grade, Yuri, right. but I saw it You're then, and right. I saw, saw it then. so many times. Yes, It's one of now, the without, one of the complaints without, I have about uh, my parents that for some reason they let me see movies like that when I was when I was eleven, but. I loved it then and I still love it now. It's it's one of my favorite movies.
1: Were you still in Michigan at this time?
0: Yes, I was. Okay. And I wasn't in Shermer Illinois.
1: Okay, but <laughs> so you didn't go to, you didn't go to Israel until later on. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay, so so Okay, so then so the age difference is in play. but did cuz if you watch that movie and you're in high school, I think it says something different to you like especially I think it's worse if you're older. Because I know people older than me watch that movie and don't get it at all. Right.
0: No, I, I agree with you on that. But I, I I loved it then, and I still love it now when I watch it. I actually watched it a few years ago with my wife, who didn't grow up in America, and she's like, "What is this all about?" She didn't she didn't get it. Who's your favorite character? Mine. Yeah. Ooh, that's a very good question. I
1: would probably say the basket case, Ali Sheedy. The bat. Ali Sheedy, yeah, my, yeah. my, my wife uh, identifies with her. My favorite character is one nobody else picks, and that is the janitor. Ooh. Because the janitor gives them the speech about, you guys don't think I'm anything, but I'm the eyes and ears of this place. I know all your little secrets. <laughs> I know all your business. It's true. I thought, that was, I thought that was great. All right,
0: excellent. So every day we have a feature off the beaten track where my guest and myself will give a little adventure or misadventure that may have happened to one of us over the course of our lives. So why don't you continue with the tease that you started earlier with the airport and the, I'm the, the, O'Hare,
1: the O'Hare airport story. Um, and this is because I'm, because I'm super smart and have no ability to plan ahead. Um, there was a point in time in my life when I was working overseas for a large fortune 500 it company and i was based in london at the time well i got some time off around the holidays and so i decided to come back to the u.s and the genius that i am i booked a flight from london heathrow to chicago o'hare the wednesday before thanksgiving Ooh, Ooh. now what tends to happen you're from michigan i live in indiana what's something that can happen in late november around the great lakes um snow (laughs) bingo so and with the hub and spoke way that the airlines work if it snows anywhere in the upper midwest what happens to air travel everywhere rack them pack them stack them exactly (laughs) so long story short not only does it take me much longer than normal to even get to chicago once i get there There are ground-stopping flights everywhere. And unfortunately, I need to make a connection to get to Minneapolis. So it's very clear that I'm not going to be able to get a flight to Minneapolis. So I actually end up having to find a rental car and drive all the way across Wisconsin in some of that fine November snow, all because I can't plan. Well, you could have
0: gone to Neil and Susan's house. Maybe they would have had some room for you.
1: Well, yeah, Neil clearly wasn't there yet. Um, you know, um, the the problem is this was before um, I had a smartphone with Google. So um, I couldn't have just like looked up her address, say, hey, Susan, popping on over. <laughs> it's true. Good point. Besides, she probably would have been cranky because she clearly didn't get any sleep the night before. That's true. Awesome. <laughs>
0: but she'd have j
1: show up at her, at her at her front door. So
0: that might put a smile on her face. You never know.
1: Mm, you no. Know, <laughs> okay you know i've just spent you know i've just spent 10 hours on a transatlantic flight i'm pissed off at half the world hi complete stranger knocking on your door (laughs) nothing could
0: go wrong here (laughs) all right so why don't you now give us your sports analogy for
1: for this episode well again this is this is all about when you stick two guys together we've kind of already already alluded to this Uh, again it's like you know when when you have road teams in, in sports and they put they put the, the 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 odd personalities together to see what happens if they do get along or if they don't get along. In this case, it's very obvious that Neil and Dell do not get along. So if you're a football coach, what would you do with two guys you would room together that that clearly can't be in the same room together? What would you do with them? You put them together. Exactly. <laughs> so um you you may not i know you're not really a sports guy so obviously you've never been a football coach at any point in your life no but not in this life. if i may pay pay you a compliment you're clearly enough of a sadist to be a very good one so (laughs) i'm a sadist wow uh taking the two guys that want to kill each other and sticking them back together uh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) great so you want to tell people once again
1: how they can get in touch with you well, at uh, sadomasochism.com. No, I oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dubsism, the uh, most interesting independent sports blog on the web where you can get stories like this and much, much more. Uh, D U B S I S M, first page search result on Google. You can get me at dubsism at yahoo.com email. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, you name it. I'm out there. Search dubsism, you'll find me. All right, excellent. And as for me,
0: just do a quick search. For Movie Rob Minute, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, go to our website. And, obviously, please go and rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to this show. So, J.W., you feel like you, you want to come back again tomorrow? Absolutely. If I can uh, get a flight from O'Hare. And see what Neil
1: is going to do when he jumps up from that bed. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, until tomorrow, you're fun. And if you fly from O'Hare any time in the winter, you're fun. <laughs>